This is right. Pastor Allen, and so blessed that he's here to share with us. We're going to pray for him, all right? And uh, if Max is around, I'm not sure if Max is around, but we're going to pray for, for Allen, all right? So why don't you extend your hand, and we're going to pray for Mr. Pastor Allen Cardenas. I didn't know you were a junior. You're yeah, a junior. junior, yep. Sorry, I keep calling you Allen. It's I okay, call- that's okay. It's okay. all good. We're going to pray for Junior over here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go pray. Father, thank you that um, nothing happens by accident, that everything that happens is under your sovereignty and your control. And you chose today to be the day that Alan would come and speak with us. I pray that you would bless him, bless his wife, Mari, that you would heal her completely from her cold, her virus, just remove it completely, Lord. And we pray that you would bless him and his ministry at Hope Chapel Nanakuli, with Transformation Hawaii, with Hawaii Family Forum, with all the things that he does with Aloha Cards and everything that he does in the community. Father, we pray your blessing, your anointing, that you would fill him, empower him with your spirit. And Father, today I pray that he would be your spokesperson, he would be your mouthpiece, that he would speak your words to us. Come, Holy Spirit, fill Alan today, that he would speak your words us, and that we would have open eyes, open ears, open hearts, open minds to receive your word for us today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Jesus. Uh, It's really an honor to be here with all of you uh, here uh, this morning when uh, Pastor Mark had uh, texted me uh, if I could come, and I was like, it's crazy because it's an election year. We're getting ready for a lot of things uh, for Hawaii Family Forum. In our own community, we've got a lot of things going on. But, you know, for my friend, Pastor Mark, when he calls, I'm right there. It takes an act to be able to clear the schedule. But um, I'm honored here. Plus, I just got back from a transformation conference. So being one week on the mainland and uh, being away from home, my family, uh, it's, uh, it was kind of challenging week, but uh, really blessed to be here. But more importantly, one thing that he left out in the intro is, I'm a sinner saved by grace. In fact, do you know I got saved three times this morning driving here? Seriously, crazy people driving in town, man. No, 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 four. I got saved four times. One time by Barristania Street over there driving. Somebody honked a horn, and I was like, you know, I, I got saved four times coming here this morning by the grace of God. And, uh, man, I feel safe for driving in Nanakuli, honestly. But, uh... Made the journey here to be uh, here with you guys this morning, and uh, I'm truly honored. We're going to be talking about uh, restoring America to the strength of its roots. i uh, got a lot of resources here so that you will know what I'm, where I'm coming from. I, I am not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm American, red, white, and blue. I believe in the founding fathers. I have a Bible here that I use. Uh, when, when people try to mess with me, I bring out the Bible, one whack matter of fact, they're, they're out, man. So this is, this is where I come from. Uh, I, I come from a biblical worldview on things. I come from things that, that understand the, the founding fathers. I have a number of resources here. This is not only the founding Bible. Uh, this is written by David Barton. He's part of Wall Builders. He owns just 100,000, over 100,000 of the original documents from the founding era. Uh, from the orders uh, to get the bodies of Samuel Hancock and Samuel Adams, the revolutionary leaders, bring them back. Uh, he owns a lot of that. Um, he's a dear friend uh, in, in Texas. So 
Uh, this is, I just want you guys to know, this is where I come from, a biblical worldview. I study things like, um, I wanted to know the hearts and the minds, a vision from our founding fathers, especially the 56 that signed the declaration. By the way, I have copies here, if you want to see, of um, some of the documents. This is copies but, uh, of the Declaration of Independence. I don't want to open it up. Let me try if it breaks, this is a church that believes in healing. They can heal this thing back together. Yeah, this is a copy of the, uh, the Declaration of Independence. Uh, I got the Constitution here and so forth. But I'm coming from this, this worldview. It's, it's neither uh, uh, Republican nor Democrat. I'm a Christocrat, okay? I'm all for Christ. I'm sold out for Jesus. I study the, the words of George Washington. He wrote 104 sayings on Rules and civility, decent behavior, how we, how we should treat each other. Uh, this book right here is one of the um, books that they use in public schools, the New England Primer. This is how they taught kids how to read and so forth. Um, pastors and Christians and civil government. I study Noah Webster's advice to the young, moral catechism. So uh, much of what I'm sharing is from this book from David Barton as well. Restoring America to the Strength of Its Root, called U-Turn. Uh, he did this book with George Barna and uh, David Barton. So uh, I, I like to study. I never was this way when I was in school. <laughs> I never liked talking in front of people. I never used to like to study. People say, how you graduate? I pay the girls to do my work. <laughs> you study, just pay the girls. You, you pass. So this is where I'm coming from. So just to give you an idea. So anyways... Want to look at restoring America, America to the strength of its roots, and want to submit a historical evidence of America's godly roots, foundation, and values. So, one of the things I want to look at is um, the first slide is let's look at the evidence of America's godly roots, and that can be found in this document here, the Declaration of Independence. It says one of the most forty-something important words in this entire document is we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. It's important to understand those words because our founding fathers believed 240 years ago that there was a God, a God that had given us unalienable rights, those rights that God gives no man can take away, rights that God gives no man can redefine, no man can demolish this joy. God doesn't, a man doesn't give the right God does because if man did, Man can change it. How many of you believe that some men are wishy-washy, men and women? Wishy-washy, wishy-washy, right? I mean, if we ran it on, on a humanistic worldview, then, then it'll be all messed up. But they believe that there was a God giving us unalienable rights. Among those rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Back then, 240-something years ago, it was not to be happy. It's the ability to acquire, to work, and to own the things that you have. Because at that, um, that time, it was under um, King George's rule, and everything belonged to him. So, and when you look at that, it says, to secure these rights, government is instituted amongst men. What is the purpose of government? purpose of government is to protect our God-given rights. That is the purpose of government. But it also goes for deriving these just powers from the consent of those governed. That means our unalienable rights need to be politically uh, protected every election. It's an election year. That's important for us. <laughs> I was on a phone, Pastor Cal called just before we were doing the sound check. And he said, hey, make sure you pray over your church. I said, I'm not at my church. Said, Where are you? I'm at um, Pastor Mark and uh, doing the sound check. And uh, he said, what are you doing there? I said, well, it's an election year. 
People call me to talk about elections because it protects themselves from being controversial and so forth because once I'm gone, I can go and it protects them. So, you know, and every election year is like that. This year I said, I'm not going to speak as much as, just as much. But for him, I said, okay, I'll do it for you. But here's the point. You look at that, you study the documents. 240 years, our founding father signed this document uh, in a Declaration of Independence. And at, back then, they believed that that they had no army, they really had no navy, no military, no... They was going against one of the most powerful empires at that time. And they believed that they needed separation, independence from King George, but total dependence upon God. They believed that this nation was founded by God, blessed by God, prospered by God, and it was all about God. In fact, those people put it all in the line, trusting in God. Out of those 56 men that signed the Declaration of Independence, nine died of wounds of hardships during the war, five was captured in prison and subject to torture, several lost their wives, children, entire families, one lost 13 children, all of or one time or another of victims to manhunts driven from their homes. Twelve signers had their homes completely burned. Seventeen lost everything that they had. Indeed, these men not only pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor, not one of them went back on the honor. They're willing to die for the sake of freedom. And this is so important because a lot of us take that for granted. We take our freedom for granted. These men 240 years ago, they died for that. So evidence of America godly roots is all over our most, one of the most important documents in the entire world. That's this document right here. But not only that, further evidence can be found in a Bill of Rights, which is right... Right here, the Bill of Rights. When you look at the Bill of Rights, it says that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech, press, right to peacefully assemble and petition the government. It's important for us to understand the original intent of the Constitution of the United States of America. One, there was an establishment clause. The establishment clause, the original intent 240 years ago, was prohibits government from establishing a single denomination. They didn't want everybody to just be missionary churches. Because they wanted some people to be like New Hope or Foursquare and Hope Chapel and Assemblies of God and so forth. Got it? Got it. <laughs> they didn't want to establish one single denomination. So that's the Establishment Clause. The Freedom Clause prohibited government from interfering with the public's uh, expression of their religious acknowledgement and the ability to express their freedom, like praying in schools, reading the Bibles in schools and so forth. Do you know that today there's a couple of situations that um, we get phone calls. I get phone calls from people you know, all over uh, the state uh, with problems from administration in schools telling kids that they can't walk around with their Bibles. It says, you can't bring your Bible to school. So I get the phone call. It says, Alan, we got a phone call. I said, what's up? Uh, it says, you know, the administration or someone in the school said, told our kid that they couldn't bring the Bible to school. What country does the kid go to? Go to? Say, hello, it's here in Hawaii. The United States of America? Hello, yeah. Take the Bible to school. It's the United States of America. In another case, one of our girls in church was told that they had to write a, uh, uh, an essay on why America is great without God. She was like, What? 
I ain't going to write that. So she asked the teacher, can I write how America could be great with God? No, you have to write it. As, she said, I can't write that. And uh, was uh, got an F. Another case had someone in our church that said, I uh, got a memo um, from the school saying that they couldn't wear the He is Greater Than I t-shirt, couldn't wear the, the cross and so forth. I said, what country are you teaching in? Right here. What? In America? Yeah. What should I do? Go get one bright pink He is Greater Than I cross shirt. And then a small cross that you're in there, get one bigger one with seven feet that you got to drag on when you walk to school. <laughs> And so forth. So you're not forcing anybody to be Christian. No, I just, I just love God. But that's, see, and that's what the freedom clause is all about. And, and check it out. Both of these clauses restricts the actions of government, none of which restricts the actions of the citizens. The, the original intent of the Constitution was to, to restrict government from getting involved in our our. our our freedom, but today, 240 years later, it's turned upside down. And we got to understand that because our, our founding fathers, much of went went to godly schools uh, and so forth, that they, they had a biblical foundation. They wanted a public expression of God, whether they went to school, government, and so forth. One of the biggest church back then was, was in, in the capital. They met there for prayer. So that was, 200, that was the roots of this country and our nation. It was grounded in God. And because of that, God's hand was upon that nation. God blessed them for it. Because everything that they did was an act of worship. Now, where did they get this idea from? And mind you, uh, I don't have time to get into it this morning, but 240 years ago, it was the pastors and the churches, along with the founding fathers, that led to the Revolutionary War and the victory in it. It's recorded that the British, uh, the British said, if it wasn't for the pastors... This country would have been a British nation. When shots was fired on April 18, 1775, it was on Lexington Green. How many of you remember that? Lexington Green, the first battle, shots were fired. 700 British soldiers looking for the bodies of Samuel Hancock, Samuel Hancock and John Adams. They went to the home of Reverend Jonas Clark. Everybody knew where they were. They went there and they knocked. <laughs> he passed it. The British are coming, the British are coming. No worry about that. He went out there, rang the church bell. All the men got out there, and they defended their rights and their freedoms. When that shot on Lexington Green that rang all over the world that America is under attack, a whole bunch of men laid died, uh, dying and wounded on the ground. Those men was from the Christian church. On the way back to Concord and so forth, it was the men from the churches out there fighting the British. I mean, you got Peter Mullingberg, his brother, and so forth, um, Avery, um, um, a whole bunch of people all came all over. It's the pastors that got involved. And, you know, I'm passionate about this because the churches, if it was not for the pastors and the churches, we wouldn't have the United States of America. And a lot of people say today, pastors and churches shouldn't get involved in government. I'm sorry. It's a life from a pit of hell. It's a life from a pit of hell. Because it was the pastors and the churches grounded in God along with the founding fathers that led to these things. In fact, when you look at, there's only two signers on the, uh, uh, the Constitution. One of them was um, uh, Frederick Augustine Muhlenberg. 
Frederick Augustine Muhlenberg was the brother of uh, uh, Peter Muhlenberg. He pastored a church, but he told his brother uh, Peter, bro, you shouldn't get involved in government. We shouldn't get involved in government. And to pastor, uh, pastor Frederick's church was burned by the British. He sat there, watched his church become desecrated and burned to the ground. Then he said, maybe my brother is right. Maybe I should get involved. And you know what? He became one of the first signers of the Constitution. The, um, so uh, the amendments, when you look at it, he was not only a pastor, but he got involved in government. And if it wasn't for this man, we wouldn't have this godly foundation. History shows that, that God's fingerprints is all of our government. That was 240 years ago. Where did they get the idea from? Here's, I want to share with you a couple of scriptures, the biblical foundation. Proverbs 14.34, righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach, a reproach to any uh, people. Righteousness exalts the nation. The life of our home, Hawaii, be perpetuating righteousness. Who came up with the idea? Where did it come from? It came from the Bible. Proverbs 14, 34. Uh, Proverbs 29, 2. When, righteousness, when, when the righteous are in authority, people will rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, people moan and groan. What you're hearing out there in the streets? A lot of rejoicing? A lot of groaning. Why? Right there. Okay, so how do you define righteousness then? Is the Republicans right? Are the Republicans right? The Democrats right? The Libertarians and so forth? Who's right? Who gets to define righteousness? God and God himself. Where is that? In the Bible. Where in the Bible? Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. God wrote all the laws, 613. Not all the laws are the same. Why? Because imagine you had 613 commandments. The brother from Nanakuli wouldn't pass the pastor's test. And some people cannot even remember the 10 commandments. We don't have 613 commandments because not all of them rank the same. There's God's top 10 policies. God's top 10 policies, we know it in church as the Ten Commandments, but that's God's top 10 policies. The first four has to do with the religious of freedom. What is it? You must not have any other gods before me. The Bible says, I am the Lord your God. We, there is a God, and you should have no other gods before me. The other one is you must not make yourself an idol of any kind. And I'm sorry, I'm not political, but even... A party can become political. Do you know that George Washington, in his farewell address, he warned people, don't get so much involved in party. And he wrote that in his, in his um, uh, farewell address because what it would do is it would lead to revenge, strife, dissension, and all of that. And that's what's happening across America. Because sometimes we make the party an idol. And now you get in Nanakuri called Oken Hakaka. That means uh, trouble, <laughs> fights, strife, and so forth. But don't make any idol of any kind. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember, remember to take a holy break. Where is that in the Bible? I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm in town. I'm not in Anakuli. See, out there I like to talk. We've got to take a holy break. What is that holy break? We so look to spring break, summer break, smoke break, <laughs> Right? What about one holy break? God says, take one holy break. Chill out, time out, rest, recharge, refresh. Take one holy break. Remember to observe the Sabbath. Keep it holy. 
So that's, that's our relationship with God, that first four. That's how we just proper relationship with God. So once we go vertical, God wants us to go horizontal, and that's what the, sa- the last six commandments is about. The first one is honor your father and mother. That is so important because we live in a world that doesn't do that. What do you mean by that? Well, look at all the families that's falling apart. You talk to coaches in most sports. I ask them, hey, coach, how many of your kids got two moms, in, uh, uh, two kids in their families? Less than half the team. And they don't like their mom and dad. They, 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 it's just this orphan spirit going on. Not only that, but you got a lot of laws and policies that does not, does not honor father and mother. I'm sorry, same-sex marriage doesn't do that. There's, there's a lot of policies. You look at the policies coming across the, the countries. It doesn't honor father and mother. A lot of school curriculums and so not a lot. Some of the school curriculums that's coming out doesn't honor father and mother. Look across the country. It's going against God's top ten policies. It's not rooted in God. It's rooted in, in the humanistic worldview that's, that's no longer black or white but gray. And that's what's happening. We got to go back to that. So when we vote, we got to look at these are the policies in which we look through our candidates. Where do they stand on these issues? Not so much party platforms, but the word of God alone. And so the other one is thou shalt not murder. What is abortion? Murder, murder is the shedding of innocent blood. Innocent blood. So um, uh, abortion, the, the child is innocent in the mother's womb. It's abortion. Physician-assisted suicide is a hot topic issue coming up. We're dealing with that right now. Hawaii Family Forum It's one of the top issues right now. Killing our kupunas. They don't devalue as they get older. They're just as valuable as they was when they was in the mother's womb. My biggest concern with that, because Hawaii is number two in the nation when it comes to suicide attempts among the young kids. Number two in the nation. How, huh, how in the world can we live in, a, in my opinion, one of the best places in the universe, Hawaii? How can you live in one of the best places and then you are number two in the nation when it comes to uh, teenage suicide? On the Big Island, the prosecutor said they have a suicide epidemic. Almost every day I hear stories. Every day horrific stories. Every day of teenage suicides. My concern with physician-assisted suicide is one young girl from, from wherever across the state of Hawaii. How come the old people get to take the pill and not me? You know how hard it is being 13 years old? Being in 10 foster families in the last year, mentally, physically, and sexually abusing every single one of them. You know how hard it is to be 13 years old? Life is hard for me. My parents not in my life. Nobody loves me. My grandparents not around. I want that pill. This is huge. And it's leading to murder. That's what it is. And we got to think about that. These are, so what I'm doing is taking the word of God and connecting with the policies here today so we can be a little bit more educated because people perish for lack of knowledge, right? And so that way you guys walk out of here with, with sound information. But, you know, think about that. Thou shalt not murder. Gambling leads to murder. Poly shooting. How many of you guys know that a couple of years ago? Poly shooting. Drugs lead to murder. The legalization of marijuana. You think it's not going to hurt anybody? I mean, just a couple of years ago, how many of you like go to Chuck E. Cheese, take your children to Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, just shooting right outside Chuck E. Cheese. What, what had happened? Drug deal went bad. Marijuana. In another case, uh, they, they, uh, they, they cut up this, they killed the guy, they covered up his body and so forth. When, so when people tell me marijuana ain't bad, bro, you haven't, you, you, you're, you're, you're misinformed. 
you're really misinformed. Because gambling, drugs, teenage suicide, physician-assisted suicide, all of that is or can lead to murder. We got to look at it. We look at it from God's perspective. You must not commit adultery. Uh, that, we need to do a better job in, in uh, our marriages. Thou shall not steal. Legalize this. Drugs lead to stealing. I mean, how many of you heard in Eva that a truck was robbed of 36 cases of cigarettes? <laughs> cigarettes. How many of you heard about that case? Hey, you guys got to go visit the west side a little bit more. <laughs> visit the, you don't need a passport. You, need to, you don't need to uh, speak another language. You just got to get out of town. Or better yet, read the newspaper. All these things have been in the newspaper recently. Uh, on Kauai, somebody went to rob a, 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 a pharmaceutical company. What? For prescription drugs. That's a big thing right now. So one of the things that we're looking for is working with law enforcement to be able to get drugs off the street and so forth. But, you know, drugs lead to stealing, leads to adultery, leads to murder. The other thing is you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. What does that mean? No lie. Tell the truth in a dishonest world. Be honest in a dishonest world. Gambling leads to dishonesty. Drugs lead to dishonesty and so forth. Uh, just so much things. So what we've got to do is take the Word of God and connect that to what's going on here on earth. So that we'll be more educated. You must not, um, and again, must not like falsely against your neighbor. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, we got this bill that was passed, a birth certificate bill. It's a horrific bill. I don't, don't want to go. Gender fluidity, uh, gender neutral bathrooms and so forth. Think about it. Think about what the Word of God is saying and what's happening from public perspective. Why is this so important? Because when we vote this in, hopefully we vote. We vote at it. We vote from a biblical worldview, not a not a party worldview, but a godly worldview. So that's some of the policies, God top ten policies. Now, okay. How many of you don't know, know where to find the qualifications of voting in the Bible? There's actually a place in the Bible that you can find out of how to vote for a leader. And that can be found in um, uh, Exodus uh, chapter 18, 21. And it says this, select, so it means vote. Vote, go out there and vote, select from all the people. You notice it doesn't say you go, go to the Republican Party. You know, how many of you people here, the Republicans are righteous? I say, I know a lot of good people on the Democratic side as well. God is not about party, he's about principles. What are the principles? They got to be capable and able. They got to be God-fearing, honest, who fear God and hate bribes. That's the four qualifications when you vote. That's it. You want to know why America is in trouble? If we do vote, they're not capable and able. They certainly don't fear, uh, they're not honest. They don't fear God, but ah, they love bribes. That is the template when you vote. So when you go out and vote, if you want to be a Christocrat, if you want to vote for righteousness, if you believe in righteousness, that's what the Word of God is saying. And we have to go back to that. So what we have to do is we have to turn our country from a humanistic worldview. Humanistic is man is the measure of all things. Man can get, determine what is right. And man gets to change things. We live in a humanistic worldview society right now. And we've moved in the last 240 years from a biblical worldview where God was the measure of all things. 
that God determined all things. So we have shifted so much in the last 240 years, and we have to go back to make this the number one law as a people of God. Because I believe as we do this, God will open the windows of heaven, forgive us of our sins, and heal the land. Hosea chapter 4, I don't have it up here, but Hosea chapter 4 says, Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel. For the Lord brings a charge against its inhabitants of the land. There is no truth, there is no mercy, or knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying, killing, stealing, committing adultery, they break all restraint with bloodshed upon bloodshed. Does that sound familiar today across America? Therefore the land will mourn, and everyone who dwells there will waste away. With the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, even the fish in the sea will be taken away. Hmm, does it sound familiar? Now let no man contend or rebuke one another, for your people are like those who contend with the priests. So, um, but it goes on, and it says, uh, the prophet also shall stumble with you in the night. So you can go, uh, Hosea chapter 4, check it out. And it says this, I will destroy your mother. <laughs> check it out. For me, anytime I read a scripture, God talks about my mama, my mom. When God talks about my mom, hey, I pay attention. That's serious. Hey, you don't talk about my mom. I don't even talk about my mom. Uh, before Christ, you talk about my mom, one whack matter vac. You going, you know, you don't talk about my mom. God's talking about my mom. God's talking about your mom. God's talking about our mom. Listen, when God talks about our mom, pay attention. He said, I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you for being a priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. <laughs> Just in the first couple of verses of uh, uh, Hosea chapter 4, God talk about your mama and he talk about your children. Whoa, what's up with that? Pay attention. Anytime God talks about your mom, he talks about your children, God's trying to get your attention. Pay attention. This heavy stuff. These things, this is heavy stuff. Because there's severe consequences when we have no mercy, when we have no knowledge of God, and we have no truth. And we're living in that time now, people. So, what happens because of this? Well, the laws and the policies have defined a new America now. A new America. And that is one, government control, excessive taxes, uh, government has become bigger than what our own original founding fathers want, wanted. The, even when you look at the purpose of education, Benjamin Rush was one of our founding fathers. He, f- he helped start public education, the school system. Do you know that the purpose of public, edu- uh, public schools back then was to teach children to love and serve God, to love and serve country, and to love and serve family? Three things for public education. Today, government control erases all of that, and we no longer have that. That's why our kids are facing big problems now. So you see government control, excessive taxes, uh, and so much other things. Uh, you know, even when it comes to business regulations and all of that, our founding fathers believed that Luke chapter 19, 11, the parable of the ten, uh, the ten servants, when Jesus went out there, the parable of the minors, he said, here, here's, here's some money, uh, take care of it. So when Jesus went back, he went, okay, the first guy, what did you do? 
oh, I, I, I invested it, and I made 10 times more. Great. Good job, my faithful servant. Now you are over, over many. And so the second one says, what did you do? I made five times more. Good job. Blessed are you. Now you leave, rule over five cities. The third one was, what do you do? Uh, you know what? I just hit it. I didn't want to. At least you could have invested. Jesus took from that guy that was lazy, did nothing, and he gave it to the guy that did the, the best. Our founding fathers believed that if you work hard, you, you, you make wise decisions, then you'd be blessed. Our government take from the people that work hard, take from the people that sacrifice so much, and give it to the people that do nothing. So you see how our, our, our country has shifted radically in the last 240 years. So that's one of the things, big government, government control. And there was a historian that did it with the five, the five main reasons for the fall of Rome. Five reasons for the fall of Rome. One is big government, government control, excessive taxes. Number two was immorality, violence, sexual immorality, and so forth. Number three was the decline of religion. Number four was the breakdown of family. And number five is the lack of individual responsibility. Not my problem. Five things that led to the fall of Rome. Hmm. Could that be leading to the fall of America? Government control, violence, sexual immorality, decline of religion. Let me hit a couple of things on the decline of religion. You can look this up, uh, 2014 Pew polls. 2014 Pew poll for the state of Hawaii. And uh, they, did po- they po- did a polling hole on the religious landscape of Hawaii. Let me just share with you a couple of points of that study. Out of all the people that they surveyed, they asked, how many adults in, ha- in Hawaii say that they believe in God? 62%. Not too bad, 62%. More than half said they believe in God. Okay, next question was this. Importance of religion in one life. Uh, how many of you believe that religion is important? It dropped to 44%. Religion is important. Third question that they asked is this. Attendance at religious services. How many of you go to church at least once a week? It dropped, to, from, it dropped down to 28%. 62% believe in God, but only 20, 28% go to church once a week. Then they ask the next question, how many of you participate in small groups? You guys got small groups here? Okay, how many of you go to small groups? You pray, you study the scripture, and, and you hang out in fellowship, break bread, do Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. How many of you do that? The number dropped down to 25%. Then he asked, how many of you believe in absolute standards, right and wrong? It dropped down to 27% believe that there's absolutes right and wrong. Then they ask this question, what's your guidance on right and wrong? Um, 21% said religion, 13% said philosophy, but 55% said common sense. <laughs> common sense. If that's the case, maybe that's why we're in trouble. Some people, not, not you guys, because you guys live in town, you guys smart, you guys get good jobs and so forth. Just the other people that live around the edges of the island. Why Manalo, why Lua, why Nai, all oh, the other guys. They don't want common sense. <laughs> right? We get because we're in town. I'm in town today. <laughs> Is this recorded? Is this recorded? Oh, I love you guys out there. Anyway, back to the study. <laughs> uh, view about abortion. 
66% are in favor. How can you get 62% said that they believe in God, but yet 66% are in favor of abortion and go against this? What's your view on homosexuality? 64% said it should be accepted. 64% said it should be accepted. What's your view about same-sex marriage amongst adults in Hawaii? 55% strongly in favor. That's the religious landscape of Hawaii. And if that's the case, then we got to do something about it. And if so, what do we do? So that's why, you know, this is so important. You got the decline of religion. And the surveys is pretty much the same across the country. The breakdown of family. I don't have to go into that, you know. Uh, we see so much of that today. Breakdown of the family leads back to violence and sexual immorality. It's a spirit of anarchy. It's a spirit of lawlessness, lawlessness that's going on. But more importantly, you know, right now out there, we're, we're working with the Department of Education, uh, Kamehameha Schools, and, and other organizations, law enforcement, to put unity back into harmony, uh, unity back in community, because things are out of control. Most people don't know what to do. There's domestic violence, drinking and driving, divorce, drug abuse. I had five suicides in the last month just in my community. Five. In the last year, five suicides. And it was the last one that the DOE called and said, hey, can we sit down and talk? And it was after Kaulana Warner got killed by the drunk driver that, hey, we need to get together. We got to stop being proactive and being more reactive. And we have to stop waiting for the next elections. Stop waiting for the next governor. Stop waiting until the Democrats take over the state of, state of Hawaii. Realize that we must take responsibility. We have to take individual responsibility. Now, how did it get so bad? Uh, Matthew 13, 25 is one good example. It's, it's when Jesus was telling that story that um, at night as the workers slept, the enemy came in and planted seed amongst the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and the produce uh, grew, the grain grew, but also the weeds grew. Basically, we have not obeyed the word of God. And I, I, not we, because Pastor Mark, a good pastor, he's, he's Bible-teaching, Bible-believing. He was the whip that makes sure you keep you guys in line. But for the people that don't have a Pastor Mark, uh, they, they've, 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 they, they haven't been obeying the Word of God. They haven't been called to be disciples of Christ or followers of Christ. They haven't been following Christ or His Word. And how are we going to follow? If we call to be disciples of Christ or followers of Christ... How are we going to follow Christ if we don't know his word or follow his word? How are we going to be? You guys have no... Why are you brought me here? You got so much good godly people. I feel like I'm wasting my time this morning. It's like they got it, man. They're like, they got it. But in case you guys know people out there that don't know the word of God, that don't follow God, here's what you can share. We got to go back to knowing God's word and follow God's word because you cannot follow God if you don't know the word and following the word. So you can share this with them. As we do that, uh, let me share with you a, how important it is to follow directions from God. Here's a quick story. This little boy grew up, and, it, and this, is, this is a story about knowing and following directions, knowing and following directions, okay? 
This little boy grew up, always wanted a horse, always wanted a horse. And he would pray all the time, God, I want a horse, I want a horse, I want a horse. He'd been good to his mom and just a great kid. God watched him as he grew up. And, and as a young teenager, God said, I'm going to bless him with a horse, but I'm going to bless him with a special horse. I'm going to give him a Christian horse. So God, the boy was praying, and then all of a sudden a, a, a horse walked up, and God said, I have watched you, and I bless you with a horse. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But it's not just an ordinary horse. It's a Christian horse. So a Christian horse, yeah, he, this horse is special because he, he obeys Christian commands. So if you want to go on the horse, if you want the horse to go, you just say, praise the Lord. And if you want the horse to run faster, you yell louder, praise the Lord. And if you want to stop, you say, hallelujah. Got it? Got it. Make sure you follow and obey the word and the direction. So the boy is so happy, right? He got the horse. He jumps on the horse. He goes, praise the Lord. And the horse started moving. Whoa, he's excited, right? Then he goes, praise the Lord. And the horse started to gallop some more. Sorry. He got so excited. Then he goes, praise the Lord. And the horse took off. And he goes, praise the Lord. And the horse ran fast. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he's having such a great time. Until he saw a cliff coming up. They say, oh, 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 what was that word? Stop, stop. The horse didn't stop. Stop, slow down. Then he goes like, Lord, Lord, what was that word? The Lord looked down. He goes, hallelujah. Oh, yeah, hallelujah. The horse hit the brakes. <laughs> sliding, 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 all the way to the edge of the cliff. The boy like, oh, thank you, Lord, for reminding me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's important for us to understand, to know God's word and follow God's word. So what do we do? What do we do to restore this nation back to the strength of its roots? Number one, we got to go back to godly influence on families because you know what? Social media has been influencing our kids. YouTube been influencing our kids. The world's been influencing our kids. 60 to 70 years ago, you could raise your kids outside in. Because back then, most people had godly values 60 years ago. We cannot raise our kids outside in anymore. We need to raise them inside out. And we need godly influence on our kids. We need godly influence on our marriages, godly influence in our families. And parents need to start being the primary spiritual leader, not Pastor Mark. Parents need to assume responsibility. I was in Kauai meeting with a bunch of mayors, uh, meeting with the mayor and a, a bunch of pastors up there. One of the pastors goes, yeah, but they got a sickening curriculum in the schools. I said, okay. Who gave birth to the kid? The principal? The counselor? Or the teacher? I said, what do you mean? Who gave birth to the kid? Oh, me? <laughs> well, isn't it your job to raise them? Serious. <laughs> this is the kind of meetings I'm in. All the time. I said, you and your wife gave birth to the kid. Some pastor, you and your wife gave birth to the kid, right? Right. You got authority. Use them. Train them up in the ways of the Lord. See, it has to stop there. Don't let the government raise your kids, the president and the governor or the Democrats. You raise your kids. You be the primary. So we need godly influence on families. We must restore godly marriage. How many of you are married? Okay, how many of you have been married over five years? Stand up. Fast guy, stand up. 
been married over five years. Okay. How many of you have been married over 10 years? Keep standing. The rest sit. Okay. How many of you have been married over 20 years? Keep standing. Everybody else sit. Oh, praise God. How many of you have been married over 25 years? Keep standing. Okay. Uh, uh, 26 years. Sorry, I had to chop them down. <laughs> 27, 28, 29, 30, 40 years? Okay. The, next, the, the, the fact of the matter is marriages is so important to God. A lot of marriages, you start off on fire, right? But some of them only get smoked now. No more fire. Where's the fire? Only got smoke. Some only got sparks. <laughs> we got to put the fire back in a marriage. That will prevent affairs and broken marriages. But more importantly, broken children. So we got to go back to godly influence on families and godly children. Number two is we need godly leadership. Barbara Bush said the most important house is not the White House, but your house. We need godly leadership in the homes. We need godly men rising up to be the kahu, to be the po'o, to be the leader. We need godly leaderships in the home. We need godly leaderships in the churches. We need godly leadership in our communities, in the schools, in, in government, in neighborhood boards. We need, we, need, we need more people to go out to be salt and light. We need godly leadership out there. We need to seek God for a government. We need to just pray for a government. You know, and we need to be praying for these elections in our government and our country. We need to be praying. Praying for uh, godly uh, influence in our homes, but godly leadership out there. In our families first, in a church, and out there in the community. Especially this election. We also need godly visioning. We need godly visioning. One of the big problems is the drugs out there in the streets, and I'm involved in a number of things in regards to that because I'm involved in, people say, Alan, how can you be involved in so many things? I'm involved in one thing, that's God and his family. Everything I'm involved in has to do with God and families. First institution that God created. Uh, but we need godly visioning for God's, God's people. People perish for lack of knowledge. People perish for lack of vision. We need to be like Nehemiah's when we see a mess out there, knowing God can take a mess and make a message. Knowing that God can take our test and make a testimony. When things have fallen apart, whether it's your marriage, your family, uh, the community, we got to be like Nehemiah and let us rebuild. It starts with a powerful vision from God. I've done a number of things. I don't have the time for it, um, but a number of things that, uh, you know, I don't have the money, I don't have the means, I don't have the member, but all I got is the word of God. And we take on big projects in prisons, in schools, and so forth. You know, I don't have the resources, but I've got a word from God. All you need is a word from God. All you need is a vision from God that he can take your mess and make a message. Um, with that said, I just want to share two stories as we close, Ken. Drugs is a, is, is a big concern. I've seen the firsthand the devastating effects of drugs. That's one of the reasons why I'm involved in ministry. When God called me in ministry years ago, I didn't want to. Why? I was working for Hawaiian Electric, one of the best companies in the world, in my opinion. I was on a rise to stardom there. You know, out of uh, you know, 200 people applied for the position, there was only one opening. I got hired. Humble beginnings, but you know, there's a, 
apprenticeship program that takes four years, year and a half I was running jobs, had my own credit card, major God's favor was upon me. So all the guys that got hired the same class as me, same time, they would come to the job to weld, to do whatever else. They said, dude, how in the world did you get to where you're at today? With God, all things are possible, and I'd be able to witness to them. But when God called me into ministry, I didn't want to because life was comfortable. It wasn't until it, uh, about, uh, about 2.50 one afternoon, I got a phone call from my wife, Mari. She says, hey, Kimo Kale's dead. I said, what? Kimo Kale's dead. Kimo Kale is an outstanding, good-looking local boy from Hanamaui. Got a scholarship to UNLV to wrestle. Got involved in the wrong uh, kids, but um, the wrong crowd. He got involved in drugs. And um, because of that, got in trouble with the law. The brother took him back to Hanamaui. In front of his uh, uh, little brother, he grabbed the rifle, put it in his mouth, and he blew his brains out. So Mari told me what happened. He says, well, I was in shock. It wasn't until we flew back to Hanamaui. I walked into the church with my family, heard the crying, saw the casket. Then he hit me. He's dead. As we went outside uh, for the burial, they were lowering his casket into the ground. My cousins was there, um, they were around me, uh, and they said, uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. I said, what do you mean? They knew that, uh, uh, that uh, Kimo Kyo had a drug problem, but they did nothing. I said, what? You guys knew he had a problem, you guys did nothing. Then I says, Lord, if this is why you want me to get involved in ministry so I can save a life and save a family, game on. And that's why I'm extremely passionate about this. But it starts with a vision. With that vision, um, there was a drug deal went down in early, around 2000. International drug ring that the Coast Guard was involved, the DEA, FBI, uh, uh, Secret Service, IRS. I mean, pff, this is an international drug ring. How many of you heard of Pancho Morguilla? In Mexico, he, he, he prays he adopts a sicario because of all the killing and so forth. So I say, oh, he adopts a sicario, I'm going uh, to adopt a drug dealer. I say, Lord God, I want a drug dealer. I'm going to pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Well, we caught one. We caught one big one. Caught one big one. A couple of weeks ago, I, I went to federal court to uh, support him and his family. Um, and I did that because I saw a change in this man's life in the last couple of years, a godly man, God-fearing man, uh, get a great husband and a great father, turned his life around, and I stuck my neck out. I hardly do this, but for this guy, I did it. Went to federal court, and as I saw that, uh, saw his case went down, I said, yeah, I know the prosecutor, I know the guy on the other side. And anyway, they were supposed to give him 280 months in prison. They reduced it to 55 months, praise God, because he cooperated the government. I'll just say that. Um, and um, not only that, but uh, uh, when I was driving home, they said, Pastor, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming so much. And you know, you know what, one of the concerns that we need to be concerned about with this whole thing about legalized marijuana and so forth, this is a, 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 it's almost like the thing that's on the, real, on the streets that people are creating. This is a, a 250 milligrams of cannabis extract, 250 milligrams. In most states, they cap it at 10%. Why? Anything more than that, you go crazy. Psychoactive effect. This one is 250 milligrams. This is what kids took um, last October and put them in a hospital because just the psychoactive effect in it. But that's okay because it's 100% vegan and 100% organic. Let me add those. Drugs. Destroying our communities. This was one of the guys that brought in the drugs. And uh, so... 
As I'm driving home from federal court, God says, give him this message, Joshua chapter 1. I sent him Joshua chapter 1 and so forth. Hey, read this. The wife texts me back. Thank you, my husband and I right here crying. Thank you for being there in our corner and so forth. Then when I got home, text him another te- text. I want to reduce the sentence some more. Hey, God wants to reduce your sentence. Are you interested? Yep. Meet me and Mari at my home uh, Sunday. This is so Thursday was a court hearing. Next Sunday, we're meeting this guy. So he shares his story of where he went in drugs and so forth. And um, I said, hey, listen, God, can, God wants to use you, man. God wants to change your life. I said, I know. It, it, it took this long for me to learn it. He said, Pastor, when I, when I come out of prison, I'll help you out. He says, no, you don't understand that. God wants to partner with you right here, right now. Here's the deal. I know the guy that started a No Hope and Dope program. I bugged him over a year. He gave me permission to revive the No Hope and Dope program. We're going to start it in, in Nanakuli. Are you ready? Game on. I'll be with you. The other thing, I'm a part of Focus on the Family. We bothered, I bugged them for another year uh, to help uh, pr- print out this book, How to Drug Proof Your Kids. And on the cover, I want you and your son. Inside, got the other side of drugs, the dark side. This is you and your testimony. Are you willing to take your test and make a testimony? Because we can partner with the DOE. We can partner with other people to speak into the classroom, in prisons, even before you get locked up next week. This Thursday. He's going to turn himself in this Thursday. So tomorrow, I'm going to do a recording with that. So he said, are you ready? He says, yes. He says, Pastor, I thank God that I got arrested. I go, what? I thank God I got arrested. He go, why? Because if not, I would have killed a bunch of people. But worse yet, I would have gotten killed, and my kids wouldn't have their father. So I thank God for that. The second thing is, I know I did a lot of death and destruction, but you know what? I want to be able to, uh, uh, I cannot change the death and the destruction, but I want to be able to help, uh, help protect families from these drug dealers. He said, I thank you for what you're doing because we need more people like you standing up against these drug dealers and protecting kids. He says, God, what you do for me, drug dealers? Telling me this story, what? So I said, okay, game on. We're on? Say, Kim, I'm in a meeting. I'll go to another two-day conference. And I, I conferences. Go to two-day conferences. In this conference, got one of the top law enforcement officials in the state of Hawaii giving an opening speech. During the break, I'm talking to my guys, HPD guys on the west side. Hey, we got to get together. We got to partner with the schools, this, this, and that. So, yeah. This person walks up and said, hey, I'm working with Sole. What? Oh, oh, no, no, I'm not a drug dealer. I'm a pastor. Oh, you know he brought in all these drugs, not just drugs, but the amount of drugs for all these years and so forth. I got it. I got it. I got it. But you know what? God can take his mess, make a message. God can take his test, make a testimony. You know what he said? He's glad he got arrested. So I tell him the story. He's like, what? He says, yeah. You know what we're going to do? I got this book. He's going to share his testimony. We're going to be doing a recording. This person says, you know, I just got back from the East Coast. I saw this video. I like it, but I want to make it more Hawaiian. Could we work together? Amen. Now here we godly vision. You cannot expect people out there that don't know God to have a godly vision. Hello? Godly vision can only come from godly people. Not just in a church on Sunday, but every day out there in the community, wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, that's your kuleana. That's your place. You got to ask a God for a word for your community and speak it forth again and again and again until it starts to echo back from the streets. Because it will, because the word of God will go forth and not come back void. But we need vision because people will perish and die and our community will be destroyed if we don't have that vision. We need that. The last thing as we close is, Vision without love is dead. 
I'm sorry, vision without love is dead. We need God's love in the attitude and actions of God's people. We need love because that's the greatest. I work with people on the Republican side, Democrat side, and so forth. Man, what they need is love. You know, some of them, as I learned, that they look at Christians. I'm sorry. They look at Christians like they look at uh, hemorrhoids. They're a pain in the butt. They flare up often, and they leave people miserable. And we do it in Jesus' name. And listen, nobody wants to hang out and fellowship with, with hemorrhoids. Nobody wants to hang out with hemorrhoids. Seriously. We got to be God-loving people. We need love. The world needs love. It's the kindness of God that will lead people to repentance. And we got, you know, so that's like the great, the, uh, Mark chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 13, and so forth, right? What the world needs is love because it's love that's going to change the world. As we close, um, you know, many people know I'm, I'm active in, in community. Government is just one part of it. I love the DOE. I support the DOE. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a peacemaker. And that's the thing. We've got to learn how to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. We've got to learn how to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. Who are we to judge the coaches and judge the principal, judge the DOE? Who are we to judge the elected officials? We can't judge them. We can't con- condemn them. We've got to learn how to bless and not blast. We've got to learn how to be peacemakers and not troublemakers. But more importantly, we've got to be people of love. So a lot of people know me. Uh, I've been in the media. Assassination of my character. Far from which the guy that my kids know and my wife know. I've sacrificed years of my life to go out in a community where there's the, uh, the DOE or the state capital to be able to share God's love. And in response, you know, I see media hit pieces on me and so forth. It's, it's disgusting, but in spite of that, that we need to be able to love these people. One of the people out there is the untouchables, is the homosexual community, the LGBT community. Um, yeah, that was true. There was about, uh, they were going to suit up the, the sheriffs downstairs, bring out the white gear and so forth when I got word of it, and we were able to deflect and defuse that. But the other thing is we had this, uh, we had this uh, uh, transgender person called China in our church. Well, China was dying of stage 4 cancer. China wanted God's blessing and healing to make right way God. So the family comes to our church, says, why don't you come to church? I can't. No church would accept me. I said, well, you've never been to Hope Chapel, Nanakuli then. We believe come just as you are. We promise to love you as is. China came, and, and China was blessed. Uh, long story short, I was on the mainland when I got a phone call. China's dying. Uh, I called China. China was in early in the hospital in those last days. I said, China, who's Jesus Christ to you? My Lord and Savior. Your Lord and Savior, you know what that means? You have a new identity in Christ Jesus. You have a new destiny in Christ. That you're forgiven of all your sins. And all I hear is amen, 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 amen. And uh, I, that was Friday. Saturday, China passed away. I'm back at the pulpit on Sunday. Sunday, I got a, a news that a couple was looking for me, wanted to talk to me. He says, tell them after service. Uh, we're about to begin. So uh, after service, this Two people, two, two girls come up to me. Are you Pastor Allen? I said, all depends. Good news or bad news? Good. Oh, that's me. <laughs> so he asked me. He says, I want to thank you. Thank you for what? What you did for China? What did you do for China? Uh, you made China feel loved. I said, I didn't do that. Only God can do that. I says, no, but China transformed your life. And, and, and because of that, we all know about you. Who's we? Oh, us. Who's us? 
I didn't know that the person there was a girlfriend in church. Uh, we know about you. Who's we? Oh, all of us. What do you mean all of us? Every Sunday after church, China will go outside in the parking lot and text all her friends about the love of God. Ministering to all this community. I didn't know that. And they came to say thank you. Plus, China wants you to do um, the funeral service. I said, I'll be glad to. Well, long story short, I talked to the father and uh, I talked to the sister, China's sister, and says, yeah, Pastor Allen, here's the date and time. Oh, by the way, you got to know this. So what's up? Uh, you're going to be the only straight person speaking there. <laughs> what? You're going to be the only straight person speaking there. I said, praise God. I told my wife, Mark, I said, what are you going to do? I'm going to do it. What are you going to say? I have no idea. So I had no idea until the day of the, we went up to the pulpit, right? So for walking to this place, and the place was choked, was packed, people. And uh, I see one of the leaders of the LGBT community right there. And this leader going to open up in prayer for the service. So, aloha, Pastor Allen, how are you? So, how are you? How are you? You know, I said, you know, we're like the churches, you know. Who's we? The LGBT community. What do you mean? We're like the churches. We don't get along. Uh, we're not unified. <laughs> what? How you? <laughs> anyway, yeah, but China was the only person, because of the aloha, connected with all the groups. And all the groups are right here, right now. I don't think you understand the platform that God has given you tonight. I said, no, this is all new to me. <laughs> so I says, I pray that God will use you in a powerful way. Long story short, I go up, I go up and I stand up there, shocked, man, everybody, like, guys, guys, girls, girls, hands all over, you know, just like all over, like, like, opihi on one rock, like, just stuck, you know, like, they're all like that, like, oh, praise <laughs> So I'm walking up, hey, hey, aloha, aloha, turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it, right? That's okay. First of all, before we get started in tonight's message, I got, I got a confession I got to make. Room goes quiet. I just want you to know I've been happily married for over 21 years. My beautiful wife, I love with all my heart. Happily married, but for the record, I got to confess. I am not straight. So I told him the story, right? Uh, you know, I got a phone call. I was going to be a straight person. I just want you to know I am not straight. Whole room went quiet. I told you that issue. Yep, for the record, I am not straight. For the record, I am... <laughs> Everybody at the edge of the seat. <laughs> for the record, I am... You can see everyone at the edge of the seat. I am crooked. <laughs> I told you you had issues. Yep, for the record, I am crooked. The only straight person that ever walked the face of the planet was Jesus. Everybody else is cooking. And I went out to five things and touched them. And you can see people with tears in their eyes and so forth. China understood that. China knew that he was going to stand before his maker one day and be judged and wanted to make right with God and people. And that's why China's in a better place. How about you? Are you ready to make a maker? I gave an altar call that night. Most of the people there that room gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Isn't that crazy? But the crazy thing is God's love and attitude and action of God's people will change the world. It's not by strength, not by might, but by His Spirit. And His Spirit is the Spirit of Aloha. With that said, how many of you believe that we can change this place? How many of you believe we serve a big God? A big God wants to do big things. We are just ordinary people serving an extraordinary God. But I pray that we together can stand 
and do those four things, that as we do this, we will change the future of our state and our nation. Amen? With that said, let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, we just thank you for your word. We pray that your word will go forth and not come back void. But, Lord God, pierce and penetrate the hearts and the minds of these people here today that they would rise up for such a time as this, that darkness is not the problem in our communities. Lack of light is. So, Father, I pray your light. I pray your life. And I pray your power in the hearts of minds of these people here today, especially their families, Lord God. I pray that you just have a greater impact and influence in the families. I pray for godly leadership in the homes, in the churches, and in the communities. Father, I pray for godly vision because without it, people perish. But more importantly, Lord God, we pray that your love will be perfected in all of us here and now. So we pray in Jesus' name that you Fill your people here today with these things, but more importantly, with the power of your Holy Spirit. And as we close here today, I just pray that you say, in faith, just say, in faith, I receive it. Kids in elementary school can be do better than that. Say, in, by faith, I receive it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Until we meet again, God bless. And aloha. My name is Alan Cardenas Jr. and I approve this message. Love you all. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, Alan.